Hi. How'd it go? <gasps> they did what? You did? I can't take any credit for that. I'm just so proud of you. You know, this is what life looks like when you're tapped into your authenticity and equally aligned with your intuition. Remember, mom always taught us to trust our guts. You're listening to Hey Big Sister with me, Meg. There's a different way to run your life and your business. One that allows you to truly connect with people on a human level. No more icky sales, no more comparisonitis, just you taking mindful, intentional, messy action to create success that you can be proud of. Let this episode be your guide. For the next few minutes, open your mind to new possibilities. And don't forget to pour me a little grease. I'm just like you, except I picked up the mic and started talking about all the things that go on in both of our heads. If this episode hits home for you, it would mean the world to me to have you leave the podcast a five-star rating and written review. Also, could you do me a favor and text the link to this episode onto three of your best friends? You know, I'm a real human behind this mic, and I actually want to connect with you. Click the show notes below to connect with me on social media. I would love if you sent me a DM with your takeaway from this episode. You are family now. Here we go. Welcome back to Hey Big Sister for episode 11. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. This is something that's really near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to do a quick introduction before you dive into the episode. This episode was recorded a few weeks ago with myself and my siblings. And I thought, who better than my siblings to be my first guests on my podcast that is aptly named after the relationship that I have with them. So since I was younger, being a sister has meant so, so much to me. And with all of my siblings, there is a kind of thread of entrepreneurship that also runs through all of us. A lot of the questions that people had for us were around our relationship and how we have stayed so close. So you'll get to hear a lot about that and you will get to hear about um, how we've been influenced by each other and our businesses and how we support one another. We have a really, really amazing bond that I am thankful for every day. So um, Patrick, Colleen, Kelly, and Molly, thank you so much for being my first guest on my podcast. This is just so meaningful to me, and you guys taking your time to do this really it means the world to me. So I really appreciate it. And without further ado, here is our episode. So we're going to introduce everybody. We're going to go in age order. And obviously, there's five of us on here today, so it might sound a little chaotic, but we think we have a plan. Um, all right, Pat, you're up. I am Patrick, the only brother. I uh, live out in Los Angeles with my family. I headed west, far away from the family, 15 years ago. Um, I'm here with Amanda and Seamus and Fiona, my three and one-year-old. I am a bartender out here that happens to own uh, seven restaurant bars. We're opening up our seventh Tiki bar coming hopefully December 1st this year. Um, and yes, I enjoy talking with my sister about entrepreneurship. I'm into real estate investing um, and any yeah anything else that gets the wheels spinning. Thank you. 
brother. All right, next up we have Colleen. Hello, I'm Colleen, the middle child. I am. I live on the North Shore of Massachusetts with my husband, Colin, and our three kids. I just released my first novel in June called Summer Breakdown that so many of Megan's supporters and my family's supporters have been really came through for me this summer. So thank you. And um, I am just started work on my next novel and I'm just kind of diving into the world there. It's going to be, I think, a bit more suspenseful and towards the thriller genre. So um, I hope people stick around to see what's next. Awesome. And Colleen self-published her book. So she did all of her marketing and sales herself. Um, So that is even more entrepreneurial because you have to not only have the creative side, but you have to have like the sales and marketing side as well. Um, There was something else I was going to say about you, but we'll come back to that. I forget what it was. (laughs) Thank you. Good thing I have you around, my publicist. (laughs) I forget that part. (laughs) Oh, and what I was going to say is that she has already reached profitability with her book in the two two months it was out. Yeah, a little over two months. A little over two months, um, which is really amazing for a first-time author and really any self-published author. So congratulations. Thank you very much. And then next up, we have Kelly, who is our first entrepreneur, right? Were you in business first out of everybody before Pat? I think we were like in around the same time. We were both. I don't know. When did you open the first one? Um, Torn 7 was 2015. Oh, so Pat September was 2015. Mm. Yeah. Because you were working at the salon. Okay. All right. So go right. ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Kelly. I am four or five out of the siblings. Um, I have two children. Um, Amelie is four and Parker is one and my husband, Brian. Um, The only one left on Long Island out of the five of us. Uh, I went to Sassoon out in Santa Monica, California to become a hairstylist back in 2009. Um, And then I opened my own salon in 2008. Uh, three months after having my first baby. So I've been there for almost five years and I'm starting to shift my business more towards weddings and special events. Awesome. Thank you. And you house our parents. Yeah. And I just welcomed our parents into our home. Into the home that we grew up in. We'll talk about that. We got to put your next venture, your next entrepreneurial (laughs) venture. Yeah, I'm getting into real estate now. I am I am a landlord. You're a landlord? Six yeah. months. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kelly. And our last but not least, we have Molly. Hello, I am Molly, number five. I um live in Central Mass with my husband and three kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom and a nurse. Um to my three under three. And I don't quite have uh, my own business set up because I like to take I, many ideas from these four, first and foremost. You've had uh, had businesses, though. Yeah, well, um, not many that have gone beyond a few weeks' time. <laughs> it's part of our ADHD as well, but... Yeah, so uh, still learning to hone in on my skills. Your husband is part of his family business, too. Yeah, I, true. And you advise him as his wife. <laughs> you have tie-dyed yes, many of I know. the Merrimack yeah, Valley I've had community. 
a crafting business. Yes. Done some Disney crafts and yeah. tie-dye and gone viral on TikTok. Many things. A woman of many hats. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's so much. Okay. So there's so much that I'm thinking. Um, but the first thing I was gonna say is that after this one, we're gonna see how the response is. And then I was telling Matt we should I should interview all of the in-laws together. So Nick, Amanda, Colin, and Brian. No, I don't think that would be able to be published. <laughs> so Amanda would have a lot to say. <laughs> I'm sure we have. So would Colin. <laughs> I was going to say we have some men in here who like the tea, and they'd be they'd be happy to chat. So, um, Brian, you would have to lock Kelly away in a different room, so Brian, <laughs> so Brian could have his own safe space. We'll we'll see if you vote on people. If people vote on that, we'll see what we can do. Um, so the the um, like the age order and birth order and stuff has been something that is really interesting in our family. We were actually the fun fact. Some of us were actually on a TV show for it back in the nineties. Um, it was like a morning show and we had, I think it, it was me. Excuse me. All of you were on it except, except for me. Kelly. Oh, okay. All no, of us. Except I, for I, I was not on it. He oh, wasn't okay. there, they but they watched. They didn't want the only boy either. Oh, I was not. Oh, so, no, you weren't there, but I thought they wanted you since you were the only boy. I wasn't there. Maybe. He didn't. I don't know where I was. Ashley was yeah, with us. I think I was in I was in Ireland. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. We did take a limo and we it was about first, middle, and youngest, essentially. So between myself and Patrick, there's eleven and a half months. We're actually the same age for ten days. Then myself and Colleen, there's three years. Myself and Kelly, there's six years, right? And then me and Molly, there's eight years. So within eight years, there was five of us. And um, we very, for the most part of our family, we do follow like birth, like the typical psychology between birth order a lot. Like I am a very typical oldest. We have, and then Kelly is just not really a direct middle. She's just like the fourth and Patrick. A baby that never gave up the baby. Yeah, because Molly is Molly is the baby, but not baby. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly held the baby role. So she stays close to our parents and welcome them in. And like we said, it's a really cool story, but Kelly bought the house that we basically grew up in. Uh, We didn't move there until I was in sixth grade, but we lived there for a very long time. And our parents built an apartment where our grandparents then resided. They sold the house when... Um, everyone left and it was in somebody else's ownership for five years and Kelly lived a few blocks away and recently just purchased it and it's completely redone and it's beautiful and it's really cool to be able to go back her daughter Amelie lives in the bedroom that I lived in and um, she's very similar to me in a lot of ways (laughs) so it's funny to see first born yeah and um, now our parents live in that apartment that my grandparents were in. They just moved in two days ago. So we'll update you when this podcast comes out, how they're doing and enjoying it. Um, but also between all of us, there is how many children? 13 to grandchildren or so. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of grandchildren. Um, so another reason why I really wanted to do this and film this is for them one day Um we grew up being really close specifically to like our dad's side of the family and our grandfather had four, three siblings. Yeah. Three siblings. And they were all very close. And we, and our grandmother had um, 
well, one, one sibling that we knew very well. And we grew up with them and went to a lot of family events and stuff. And my grandfather's sister, our Annie Ann, specifically stayed really close in touch with all of us always. And it was always so nice to be able to hear stories about our grandfather from her. They had a really nice sibling relationship. And so I really wanted this to be somewhere so that our kids can see that one day and maybe even their kids and whoever. Um, because we do. And that is one of the things that we do have really good relationship. And that's one of the things that I want to talk about today is our dynamic. Um, a lot of people asked how we keep our dynamic. And I think there's a lot of luck, a lot of random, you know, things that the fact that um, our birth order, things like that. But one thing that specifically our mom really, really instilled in us was that we come like first and foremost in each other's lives, like growing up, loyalty and protection of each other was always really prioritized, at least in my opinion. What do you do? Anybody have anything to say on that? Yeah, and just looking out for each other. Yes. And that has continued through our adult life. Um, all of us have been through trials and tribulations of some kind. And no matter what, even like with Patrick living on the West Coast or us not living in the same states, we always prioritize talking to one another. We always prioritize being there for one another. Um, and the other common theme that I kind of picked up in like thinking about this is that we're all on a path of personal growth in some way or another. We're all always looking to get better at what we do or to heal, to go to therapy, to do things like that. And I think that's really influenced us over the years. You guys can feel free to say something too. I don't want to just lead. <laughs> Anybody have anything to say? You can raise your hand or you can unmute too. I think let's just try that and see how. All right, go ahead. Colleen's going to say something. <laughs> oh, uh, no, you're not. No, skip past. Okay. So <laughs> the other thing too is like in in growing up, there is um, recently I heard something about when you're parenting, I, what you really want to focus on is like getting your children to be adult focused rather than friend focused um, because you want them to come to you for the questions. You want them to come to you. And that is something that was really prioritized in our life, I think. We all have um, friends that were really part of our growing up. We could give a shout out to Aaron Cleary, Mary Maisto, Snake, <laughs> God rest his soul, a lot of different Heather. other people. Heather, <laughs> yes, exactly. We have Chris, a whole list. Chris Floria. Chris Floria. Shout out your people. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> Billy Markowski. Yeah, Billy Markowski. Billy Markowski. Number one. Yeah. Lisa Ducarella, we're going to shout you out. She came time. <laughs> um, she did. And so the the thing about it is like, they were all a big part of our lives. And each to a varying degree, people were closer with their friends or not. But like, in the end, we always came back to each other. We all we did have really good relationships with asking our parents questions and things like that. So I was I was thinking about that and thinking how in growing up, we were kind of each other's center and focus, no matter even mm. when we had, we were doing things with our friends or whatever. I didn't do a ton with my friends. <laughs> um, but my friends that I was, was, were close with would 
were kind of integrated into our family. Um, so I thought that that was something that really stood <clears throat> out about our dynamic is that we did always put each other first. Do you guys have anything? So, I was just thinking another thing about, I think that something that about growing up that now has served us well as adults is that there was never a lot of competition between us five, which is, I think, rare. Like we never, not unless I'm remembering incorrectly, like we all had our things and we never, there was not a big competitive vibe, maybe with like kicking the crap out of each other, yeah, but not like with like, like school or Mm -mm. sports or so there's never these like divides in that way that carried on through teenagehood or college. Like there was really, I, I don't know. I don't remember. A lot I don't of, think so. We, I, I don't think there was anyone close enough that cared yeah, about and I feel school. Like, like Colleen yeah. cared about school. I think Molly cared about school. <laughs> We're too far. Uh, I didn't give a shit about school. <laughs> Kelly, you could chime in. I don't know if you really uh, <laughs> cared as no, much as the others. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you didn't I think go to eighth grade, of, right? Yeah. <laughs> the principal had to meet me at the front door to take me in. I yeah, feel like our so. interests were spread out enough. Yeah. That yeah. Like, whatever. You, if you were interested in something similar, it was probably somebody who was two kids below you. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I mean, Colleen and I did Irish step dancing, and she was always way better at it oh, than yeah. me. She was always better at basketball and school too but it wasn't I didn't have that much of a competitive nature my just naturally like I and all of us have this too is like we wanted to see each other succeed too it didn't make um like I knew I was never going to be a professional basketball player (laughs) like it wasn't Um, but but we had to do it (laughs) well and you're just a little bit more competitive than me but not well that's the thing like I think if you were really competitive too and that would have divided us along the way it's right. in some way but luckily didn't <laughs> yeah and Colleen and I went to high school together for one year and I played varsity basketball for four years so when I was a senior and she was a freshman she played varsity too and together we only won one game we won <laughs> one game that we had won in four years <laughs> They wrote a one-page article of us in the in <laughs> Long Island. Yes, and then I transferred to St. Anthony's. And yeah, played on her. Well, I think that was the other thing too. I was thinking about because I was thinking about the same thing about the competition. Um, and we all, except for Kelly and Molly, we all went to different high schools. So on Long Island, we all went to private school. We went to Catholic school our entire lives, and we were we had our own identities pretty much at these places. And um, I think that that probably had something to do with it too. Yeah, that's true. I was like in Babylon, I was always big Pat's little sister. And then like at Merrimack, you know, people knew me as your sister, but like in high school, I think we all definitely did have our own time of being like, yeah, being just yeah, us. even. Even at St. John's, like Molly was better in academics. So we did, our teachers didn't even cross. So she yeah. had her own identity because she was three years behind and in like the advanced classes. <laughs> when Patrick went to an all boys school, Pat, why don't you talk a little bit about what it was like to be the only boy? The only Down boy. in the basement. Um, yeah. <laughs> in your yeah. lair. I, yeah. Amelie doesn't live where I live. They're <laughs> probably... Their shit probably lives where I live. <laughs> if they're whatever it accumulates down in the basement. 
Um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. That's a uh, shout out to Chris Floria. I lived across the street most <laughs> yeah. of the time, as much as I could at Forty One Pond Place. Um, but it uh, it was it was a challenge growing up, I think. But it's played it's it served me well in my adulthood to have these yeah. sisters. But yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting yes. dynamic growing up. Uh, I was always getting in trouble. I'm, uh, I yeah, I have severe ADHD, and I like to uh, meddle with people just to entertain myself. And I meddled with all four of them throughout the years, um, uh, which entertains uh, the stories entertain my nieces and nephews now yeah. that I used to fart in my cups and hold it and bring it to each one of my sisters to, <laughs> to telling that story it. last night oh my yes, god yes and, and each of each of my 11 nieces and nephews now we get to enjoy the history of <laughs> can't wait until your son uh, we can teach your son how to yes we'll show yes. your daughter if fiona would like to fart in cups as well uh, <laughs> she, 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 she <laughs> might be the cup farter she's trending towards them <laughs> yeah which one were you most afraid of growing up i'd like to know that Uh, you yeah nice (laughs) that's what i thought like to just she was the strongest she probably is you were uh, a fierce fierce woman (laughs) but i was the uh, most feared are no not not until later you found your (laughs) didn't turn out to be uh, a complete sociopath but boy could she fake a cry and uh she was she would have been good at big brother jr or her strength was unparalleled when she would get mad the yes, flip strength, switches. But, but didn't even, the, the strength didn't matter as much as the manipulation of how she could drop a tear as soon as mom turned no. the corner. The tears have always been real. I did tell her kids about her. She had a she had a very strong look when she was mad that she could scare people. Maybe away. I should have been an actress. Or they did like her. you were always into it. It's funny because like you guys have like. I don't know. I feel like Kelly and I had a separate childhood. Yeah. 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 I'm not like, this isn't connecting with me. Like yeah. Kelly and I fought and like, I feel like maybe I'm the Colleen 2.0. Cause like I was <laughs> yeah. the strong physical fighter. Oh my God. Yeah. We never well, fought. We didn't yeah, fight, I didn't fight with you a lot because you were much younger than us. I'd be yeah. kick the crap like, out of you. By I the time like we I'm... were like, I was like in high school, how much older am I than you? Six, I don't know. Five just years. five years. Six years. Yeah. I don't know. I remember by the, by the time you were Colleen and Patrick. Well, me and you fought a lot. Yeah. That. Well, this we is kind of mean. By the time though. Molly was, I was, I was drinking Grey Goose at Chris's house. By the time Molly was, <laughs> <laughs> we, I was gone. No, you <laughs> used to well, change that. It's funny it how we like bounce to people. Thinking about how Megan moved into Forty Pond, going into middle school. Yeah, it was old. Because yeah, I grew up there. I was two. That's all I have to remember. Yeah, like that's so wild to me that you were like that was like prime time. Right, I grew up in Islip, and then moved. It's her third home. Yeah, yeah. It's all three of our three third homes. Yeah. I don't know. It's I actually thought second. of that before. Actually, we lived at Nana and Park for a little like, while. Yeah, yeah, it was like my fifth home, but yeah. But it's Aren't funny how we started Huntington? at different. Like there were different times of our childhood that we were closer with one or the other at different times. 
I think. Yeah. So, like it's, Kelly so and that's I were when close you and I started fighting when you dropped yeah. for Megan. Right. But then eventually I dropped Megan for like Patrick and his friends. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a big player either. Like, and when I say player, I mean actually like imaginative play. Like, like I didn't play. play. I acted like an adult. Because you were too busy raising poor kids. You were like on their scooters outside. I didn't ride bikes. You were playing Real House. I hung out with Joanne McGinnis and Evelyn and watched people ride bikes. Um, Yeah, Real Housewives of Hinton. The um the the essence of that is that if your children physically beat each other, they can mm. still turn out. You're, you're it well, all. Yeah. we've had that conversation before. I feel yeah. like me and you. Like when my kids fight or they're mean to each other, I'm like, how? Why? Like, wh- why can't you just be nice? Like, why are you not being like you know? Or or you know, Maggie and Natalie. Sometimes I wish they had like a closer relationship or bond, and I just think it. Like we've talked about that before, Meg, but like, I think it just changes over time, I guess. And it doesn't matter what's happening right now. It's not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen. Right. Cause we rarely, I mean, we didn't like sit around and like be nice to each other. We were like, when I would do your hair for Irish step dancing or braiding your hair when you were like, it was like, it wasn't like this like beautiful, like Norman Rockwell painting. It was like, no, we really fought like. Yeah, I mean, we have scars. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we really do like. I I don't remember too many uh, calm times at all. Exactly. Like there was more. Yeah. Yeah, When the fun was quiet and calm, and I was just telling my mind. (laughs) I was telling Amelie about like we were talking about the doors or something. I forgot, and I was like, we didn't have a door that worked on the bathroom she's like well how would you shut it and I was like well there was no frame because someone kicked it off so it was just like you had to hope for the best and then eventually mom put one of those like latch locks yeah on. yeah, yeah, yeah but, like yeah. someone kicked that in too and my bedroom door it was either from Molly or Patrick Benton. I forget had a huge hole like yeah almost through the door yeah well and on the bottom it. always had on most of the doors like basically yeah. it's like made dog flap and i remember if you got if patrick got mad at you and you needed to run away you try to make it first to the small bathroom in the yeah, front and lock because it had a lock so yeah, like, yeah. You could get there and start <laughs> sweating <laughs> we patrick and i fought for a little like when we were a little but not a lot as we got but old. like Patrick was just fourth grade, I he showed never, up. Like, yeah, he would never actually. He gave you a little hurt. Yeah. Showed, showed up, showed up with a hematoma. Yeah, that I did do to you. Fourth, uh, I was fourth grade Miss Frederick's class. She she had to report it. Thinks that mom and dad. Bad rest her soul. No, yeah. that was me. I pushed him. All right, Pete, Jane. <laughs> and then Aww. after that, I was too scared that I was gonna that I would kill you if I hurt you. So I, I didn't do <laughs> much after that. Didn't want to go to juvie. No, I didn't want to go to Virginia. I had a very guilty conscience my whole life. Um, and we all, and we all. I'm going to open up our questions quickly, but um, for our dynamic, how have the bonds been formed and maintained? So on that too, I think that when you have five children too, there's there's a lot that we did together. Like my mom, you know, our mom was a stay at home mom. Our dad worked outside of our house and he was a lawyer in Manhattan for some of it for he was a lawyer in you know wherever but he had much longer days and um we just spent a lot of time 
watching each other, helping each other, playing with each other, doing things like that. Um, so that is how our our bond like formed and grew. And then as we've become adults, like Molly, Colleen, and Kelly for one semester and I all went to Merrimack, which is the college that we went to. So we spent time together like as young adults and then um we we've all also like had similar interests too i think i don't know anybody have any thoughts on that we traveled a lot together growing up yeah. and i think uh, mom and dad really prioritized that and we were lucky enough to have the money to do that i guess and um i think all the i think traveling a lot when we were younger not you know not it's not a huge part of it but definitely yeah there's something there yeah hey, we're also I, always uh... I don't want to take any credit away from any uh, one that went to war. I'm not a veteran, but when you grow up in a family of five, it's kind of a war a war bond. zone. Yeah, you uh, were trauma bonded. The childhood yeah. trenches. Yes. Uh, yes, mom and dad did did a great job. Did their best, but still, five kids is I mean, two kids is a hell of a job. Yeah, over yeah. here. So five kids um going in different directions and i that's as close to war that i hope i ever know <laughs> no i was gonna say we always had to kind of like figure it out on our own too mm -hmm. like i remember like it, not in a bad way but like mom saying like work it out yourself like i don't know we we worked yeah. through things whether healthy ways or unhealthy ways we always worked through with each other we did. And there was no like alone time. So like what I see different in like Matt and his sibling, they had they had a lot of time on their own, like individual time. Like they had their own bedrooms. They had their own sports. They're four years apart. Like there was a lot of independence there. But we didn't have that. Like for the first few years of our lives, the three like me, Colleen and Kelly all shared a bedroom and then me and Molly shared a bedroom. And um so there was a lot of time together and we did have to like figure it out. Um, so even I when you were all out of the house, Molly and I shared a bedroom. So we, were we didn't know how to be alone at that point. <laughs> we had three other empty rooms and we decided to move in together to one small one. I like couldn't wait until I got my own room and then everyone wanted to sleep with me because I had a queen size bed. Well, the girls, not Patrick, but Patrick was always in my own room yes, or cave or a cavern yeah. you did always have it um but yes that is that is true too about just we were very very bonded and um I think there was another thing that I was like thinking as adults too um the majority of us don't drink and the one that does drink is not a um very wild drinker by any means nor a instigate like looking for controversial things to talk about or anything like that so I think that that's helped as because during those times when we did drink as adults and we were together, like I was thinking about when we went to like the Outer Banks and stuff, like there was a lot, there was a lot more fieriness around us. As <laughs> animation, the life. Spice, yes, spice. Um, and now that isn't the case. Like we're, you know, when we are together we're still we're going to you know going to bed leaving each other because we have to put our kids to bed by seven or eight o'clock and um I think in a way that helps because all of us most of us are very opinionated we have strong opinions we have strong thoughts 
Um, and that can get dangerous, especially if you're uninhibited in what you are saying or wanting to share with people. <laughs> it's funny so, that the, I feel like I'm maybe the least opinionated or yeah, would exactly. share. Like, and you I'm wouldn't like, drinks. right. I'm so it's drinks. a little bit safer. Maybe that balance. Molly wouldn't that. really either. I feel like. <laughs> Molly would get a little. Share my opinion. Loose lipped when she drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess. But I mean, like, yeah, I guess. But the yeah, so that I think has helped in adulthood, in honesty, like when I think about it. Um, and we don't get to do a ton of like holidays all together with Patrick on the West Coast, like all, all of us, we all have in-laws and things like that. So um, there's not often times that we're like, I mean, it also is what it brings it over like 25 people if it's all of us. And then shout, shout out to the Newtons my Norman Rockwell family. Yes. Well, we all have that. Yeah. If if they all, yeah. If our, some of our in-laws got to step into one of our holidays, (laughs) if our in-law whole party, your, your, your in-laws are very integrated with our, our our family. family. They've all experienced the highs and lows of the mescal. Yeah. They're basically just, yeah. Like Carrie's like a sister and Deb and Larry are just one of us. Well, and that's the but other God, thing. It's like if, if we yeah. have everybody, it would be fifty something. You know, it would be so many people. Like so people, yeah, right. And you know, only Big Pat has the room for all of that, and we haven't yet brought us all out to LA. I mean, I think we should do that one day. <laughs> come we all come now. with our in-laws and all whatever in-laws sister and, and, and all siblings. Come. Yeah. Oh my God, Amanda <laughs> might uh, rent an Airbnb somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. That's something that I always thought was really funny. We all married someone with one sister, like one sister, except for Nick has two sisters, no brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. So Matt has one sister. Amanda has one sister. Colin has one sister. Brian has one sister. Nick has two sisters. Oh, that's That's funny. funny, Wowzers. Anybody, anybody listening who's a psychologist or something, tell us what is that. Um, so yeah, that, that, um, dynamic has just, that has just helped us over the years. And then also, um, we stay in good touch with each other too. For the majority, we talk, you know, multiple times a week, a day, some, sometimes, um, and all of our children are really close too. like, they are, And this is the other thing that I was thinking about before this too. Like we were talking about, we were very close with my dad's side of the family and he had two cousins, Aunt Joni and Honey, and they lived on Long Island and both of them had really big families too. Honey had five kids um, and Joni had seven kids and we all went to school together growing up and we went to a Catholic school and at one time there was one of our family members in each grade, but one for a year. So like we knew some, we always had like cousins around. There was like six of us on student council at the same time. (laughs) We ruled the school. (laughs) Um, So we were very close with them. Patrick was really close with both, you know, the boys and both of the family. So he didn't have brothers, but he did have you know, the, the Lonics and Danny and stuff. And, um, our, our kids are like that, even though we are in different States too, we, we have FaceTime. So even like Seamus and Fiona get to know their cousins. And then when, when we get to spend time together, um, they call, he calls all of every 
friend now. He friend. calls his cousins. Because, oh. because he has so much fun with his cousins. Oh, cousins, cousins. <laughs> I love that. Cousins. Oh, Hana means family. It's so Hawaiian. It's so yeah. 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 Cousin, cousin. <laughs> much aloha. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, one more. Let's see. One more question. Uh, Patrick, but I was going to say that's where your entrepreneurial journey started in student council oh, as yes. a re- religious a- commissioner yeah. of religious affairs. <laughs> and selling chocolate. Well, I, was, I was an entrepreneur from. You were. At the O'Neill House. House. the O'Neill House, charging across the bridge. Remember, mom made you give it back to everyone? <laughs> I specific. I went. I got some uh, baseball cards and plates here, ready for you uh, to open up. Bring back to California. Chris and I could have moved out of our own houses at eleven and twelve, or however old we were, from stealing people money from Habitat for Humanity, going up to people's doors. Have mercy! Oh my god! He he donates greatly. Instead. Instead, yes. he spent it all at uh, what the hell was the pizza place? Amore. 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 You were always friends with local local town entrepreneurial. You were always a small business supporter. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 And Chris is an entrepreneur himself now. Yeah. Yes. Blows inflatables. Blows inflatables. Plug it for all your party needs or your bounce house needs. Um. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the entrepreneurship part too. I think when I was thinking about this part too, we were we were always encouraged to go to college. Like that was something that mom and dad talked about a lot, but two of us did not go to college and they ended up becoming the first entrepreneurs and had a lot of financial success with that. So I think that that showed us, like gave us the social proof that it was possible too. And that like, you can do things differently because we not only was it just like we were hearing stories, but we got like an intimate look of what it was like to build a business from both of you. So um, do you want to share anything on that? I remember when I first opened in 2018 and I, when I was on the phone with you and I told you like, my goal is within the first three years, I want to have a month where I bring in $10,000. And you were like, what do you mean? Like you're going to make $10,000 in one month. And like, you just like, were like floored. And then, and two months later, I did it like three years early. Like I was giving myself the three years and I did it within the first few months. And I don't know. I remember after that, like, I feel like you were like, I'm going to find a way to like make a lot of money. Like, I don't know like our conversation shifted after that. Like Mm. I definitely needed to see that it was possible. I mean, yeah. And I did it within the second month of my business. Yeah. And then like, yeah, (laughs) quadrupled it. And you were like, how does this happen? And I think that that's the thing with business and um, money and stuff. Like you create a lot of stories in your head. And to me, it was like, I was in social services or, you know, that kind of work and marketing. And I, just knew the cap for that was like sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars at the time. Like I was never going to make more than that. So to see, like it, it just really flipped. Like you're raised one way. You're told like you, and not just by our parents. I mean, like society. You're told you have to go to college to make money. You have to do these things. And then here we had like our siblings showing us that that's not true. It's just not true. So um, it gave me like the ability to create new neural pathways of saying like no, like you don't have to do it this way. You can do it differently. So you have anything, Pat? Uh, no, I'm just, I, 
I'm, I consider myself lucky the path that, I mean, it was a pretty sloppy path that I took, but I couldn't, I couldn't work for anyone. I, Mm -hmm. I didn't like authority from mom and dad. I didn't like it from Chaminade. I hated it. I failed out of the four different colleges that I tried. Not because I'm, I don't think I'm stupid. It's just, I didn't go to class. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and we're finding success now but I don't I don't think I'm the smartest person either I've just got lucky that I didn't I think college is great for a lot of people but I also think it puts you in a box Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. only thinking one way I think I'm the luckiest person in the world to do what I do and make the money I make and get to be home whenever the hell I want and have other uh, have really good teams running my businesses and I'm here with my two kids so I think a luck luck plays a big part for you, but I think like within the last 10 years, you had a huge personal shift, like, mm. and put a lot of work into yourself and that aligned you in the path that you were taking. Had you not found the strength yourself to start that path? Like that was all you, like not luck. That was your decisions. Yeah. And then because you aligned yourself, everything else started to flow your family, your love life, your money, your businesses. Like if you didn't make that decision for yourself, it wouldn't have, luck wouldn't have come in as such a big picture, I think. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, I wouldn't have, yeah, I gave up drinking eight years ago. Yeah. And yeah. if I was drinking, there's no way I'd have the keys to seven bars. That, yeah, that just yeah. wouldn't have been, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm lucky that, uh, that, that once you know, that this is a way to do it. It's like, now it's just a formula. And I get, I have stress every day, but it's a stress that I put on me from wanting to build bigger. I started making the other day, I could have a very good life owning one place for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And just being in there and, and making the same amount that a 70 hour a week mm-hmm. attorney is making in Manhattan. Mm-hmm like stressing and I could do that with one place going in shaking hands reading the newspaper saying hi to people I I think that's the like it's such a hard shift in the American brain or the household we grew up in where go to Chaminade go to Notre Dame and like which is all good things and that's what parents want to instill in their children but yeah I hope uh, that's a struggle I like how much do I want to push my kids, but how much do I also want to take them out of the matrix and yeah. say, this is, that's, yeah. that's not the, like you want society wise, you want them to have good relationships in school and, and go to college. Uh, for me, my parents, they always talk about how much money they wasted and stuff. Me going to Maris was the best thing in the world. I met some of my best friends, Rory, who I talked to all the time, snake who passed away, who was, one of he was like Us. a brother to me all of yeah them. yeah uh shout out to this this live fox uh but <laughs> like going to marist was a growth i mean i had a 1.2 uh gpa so yeah it was not on paper was not not a success but for me like everything led me to 
bailing out of there and then going to work at Smith and Walensky's or mm-hmm. doing mortgages in the 08 crash of being part of the chop shop of Babylon <laughs> over there. Like, yeah, or working at the Babylon Bean with Joe and talking to all the local guys. That's yeah. my life now. I go to my local bars and talk to the same people and uh, the fat fillies of the world. And uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm. I don't I I thought about it and Amanda is oh, well you're very smart and you did but I I think I am uh, I've got a decent but luck plays a, a big role in how but I defined my path over here I kind of couldn't do anything else so I was going to do this and, yeah. and you made it work <laughs> you're very yeah. brave though you've been able to see these opportunities along the way and just go for it and not I mean, maybe you doubt yourself internally at some point, but like without, it seems from the outside, a ton of doubt and just like kind of go for it. Go You've for always it. been yeah. able to just do that, I feel like. And that plays a big part in, in all of it too. Yeah. Anyone think, listening, oh, go for it. It yeah, is easy. <laughs> and I, and it's probably very, I don't even know if this is like inappropriate, maybe, but it's easy to make a hundred grand not working people don't like to hear hours. that though i yeah. know but that that just but, points out but, where they have to shift like you don't have to believe it that's fine but we I I feel, just, that's what that's what i feel bad for people like there's yeah. so many people that are so much smarter than me that will never never make that shift and it's and it's because things are ingrained in you get rid of that shit because it's so hard to break away from the grind I know you could start a business and work 10 hours a week and make a hundred grand. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking about this. It doesn't have to be something you're passionate about. You don't have to find your, it's much better if you can wake up every day and do the things you love. I, my business partner is my best friend. It's really, I just get the bullshit with him all day, fight with him about things, figure things out, and then go talk to a bunch of fun drunks. So I, I leave, but you don't have to. You could start a cleaning company uh, and never clean a house. Yeah. Just deploy people. To, there's like, I've there's been so down every rabbit ones. hole in the internet. If I, and yeah, and I, if I lost it all, I know that I can make a hundred grand just by figuring, figuring it out. And I don't, I don't want to sound like a, a guru that I listen to on TikTok all the time, but it, it it's out there. Well, and we <laughs> always have all had that like, belief that like we're always going to figure it out and even when we haven't felt like we're going to figure it out maybe it feels like a more darker time for one of us somebody else in our family is going to tell us like no it's not like this isn't the end of the world you're going to figure this out we're going to and that has been really helpful I think in in all of our journeys because I believe the same thing and all of us in some way or another have neurodiversity, which we've just like been discovering this year. And I have a ch- like having a child with autism. Um, and he, he might very well go to college. Like, I, I don't know, but like it, when that, when he was diagnosed, it kind of makes you reevaluate and say like his path might not be as typical as what I had thought that I would when I had kids. So I have to open my mind to that. And doing that was amazing just for me then because it showed me that you can change your mind you can change even I I have a degree um and I do use it still even though it's not directly like what I what I went for it kind of is who knows whatever it doesn't um but that is you know we've always like encouraged each other that way and um yeah did anybody else have anything to say on that 
I was just going to say about, um, I was thinking about this this week about how like growing up, you get told things about like who you are and how you are as a student or whatever. And like hard worker is like one of the things that like you, you aspire to be like a hard worker or whatever. And like, I remember when I went off to beauty school, I was like, I don't want to be a hard worker. I don't want to work like I, that sounds bad but I mean it mean it in the sense that like I wanted things to come to me with ease like I wanted to work three days a week I didn't want to wake up and go to work before 11 o'clock I didn't want to be working till 10 o'clock like there were things that I had and I modeled my business after that and like set myself up for when I became a mom I wanted to have the end of my pregnancy off or I wanted to have six months with my baby and like I didn't want to work hard at making money I just wanted it to come with ease. So like, that's something, I mean, I'm sure that's, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but like. You are, but mom yeah. did prioritize that too. Like our mom before like the internet and stuff, like let us take off from school for mental health days. Or something. Yeah. Like she, if we didn't, you know, we did Never have. Never she not you, not. baby. No. She yeah. needed you to go to school. <laughs> she bleed, be bleeding from every orifice. <laughs> <laughs> Having three children myself, I understand sending the ones that might be a little bit more challenging at times to school but um she also like if we didn't she never made us do like sports if we didn't really want to or like like was never like we had to do our step dancing for a long time I did not me not, see, I got Molly, to drop out Molly got to drop out in. but there were some not things me. there was a bit of air of like um that wasn't the priority no it was like yeah. if you you know we did have a priority of like doing things together traveling together like poor Colleen didn't get to come to France but <laughs> neither did Patrick we I had know. a party at home <laughs> but that's um that's oh hi Emily we did have like it's just nice to acknowledge I think in this conversation that we obviously did have for all the cast we grew up with five children in a house we had a lot of privilege we had mm, a lot of our parents you know private education private that were there. we had this we've all faced struggles but we've all had many opportunities come into our life for various reasons of who you know someone might know our connections we've had our we've privilege. always had a good yeah. um network of people through our family through our parents through each of our siblings um that has definitely helped along the and way for sure as as crazy as you are mom and dad they were very supportive in a lot yeah. of ways mm -hmm. like yeah when i told i mean i think they finally just gave up on pushing me like when i told them i was going to comedy university like they yeah, we all came were, and watched it yeah they were excited yeah, like they were there yeah par par wrote a check for it our grandfather mm -hmm. r.i.p to the great par yeah. And he did, he thought it was the, probably the stupidest thing that he's ever heard in his life. And he wrote a $7,000 check to send me to a comedy institute for a year. So they, yeah, yeah they were very, I, I'm, I know dad would have loved to seen us all go to Notre Dame. Right, and, uh, right. But, but I think he, they were very proud of the paths that we eventually yeah. found. Yeah, like when we met. When we met Molly's roommate at St. Mary's, her mom, who was like in charge of Sassoon for the East Coast, and Megan was encouraging me to go to beauty school. And I was talking to dad about it, like just like a week before dad was like, yep, sign up. Like you're, you're going like, that's where you're going to, that's what you're doing. Like, mm -hmm. I think he was also sick of me jumping colleges, bouncing around, but <laughs> he was very supportive of that decision and sending me out there. 
Yeah, like yeah, they did I think want us some... to go to college, but and like follow that formula. But like they also did want us to find our passions. And yeah, it was more just like wanted us to be happy. Right. Yeah. I think was, dad wanted us to be able to support ourselves too like yeah. before we were married and whatever yeah. like he found that important. We always felt like we could really do what we wanted in life mm-hmm. like we really could go for it I think. We were because, uh, in part to them. And we were encouraged to like have our own like our mom always let us cut our hair the way that we wanted or dye our hair mm-hmm. or get piercings and like they like yeah. Things like that, they did encourage um, our individuality and in a time that many people did not do that, especially within the societal like co- like box that we grew up in, going to Catholic school, things like that. Like they, they did, uh, you know, we all were, you know, varying degrees of that. Like our It's, it's very weird because I, like you said, I have extreme guilt, but I never was scared to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I still have a sense of extreme guilt of stuff, but like it just uh, I don't know how that works. But that's a I generational thing too. Yeah. Like, but I was I wasn't scared to say I'm doing this or no, I'm going to be a waiter in the city or oh, I'm going moving out to California. Like none yeah. of that. I didn't care about anyone's opinion, but there was yeah. I don't. Know, it's a weird mix of uh, of things. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of generational healing happening and like um with Pat like Patrick is a you know non-drinking bartender and that is something that generations before us were unable to do successfully because of drinking and things like that and now you've stopped that and healed that and the the same thing for you know for we're all going after what we want in life and our dreams and like Maybe our parents didn't get to do that in the same way, but they have supported us in that aspect of like just going for. It. I mean, I I know like people probably thought I was crazy to start a coaching, but like I think mom for a while was like, "Are you like scamming people or what are you doing?" <laughs> um, she but... probably still has no clue what you're about. <laughs> like, she's very supportive, but she. Yeah. But it's it's not as clear cut as Colleen writing a book and Molly going to nursing school and Kelly cutting hair and stuff like. Um, so yes, it's different, but, um, all right. So we will wrap this up now and let's, if anybody has anything that they want to share plug that they're doing, um, let's do that really quick. Uh, Patrick, so your Tiki bar and what else? Tell us where your bars are located restaurants. Uh, we're in the Los Angeles Metro area spanning. We're, we're in 50 mile radius so if you're ever out here you can ask megan where uh yes we do have california meet 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 some very interesting people i own from a higher end gastro pub down to the down and dirtiest biker bar out in riverside california (laughs) torrance tavern has great food yeah wonderful place to watch if you're rooting for the rams this season or the dodgers in the postseason against the new york mets maybe in the (laughs) nlcs you come out and yeah and the patriots fans the patriots fans can go to patty patriots fans any massachusetts uh people here we raffle off a patriots jersey every year for uh the home of the south bay patriots in redondo beach off of aviation 
Uh, shout out to mom and dad. We love you. You got off very easy on this podcast, though. The next <laughs> one will be part the, two. The, the, the part two will be the E True Hollywood story where all <laughs> that includes the subscribers. Trauma. Yeah, paid. You only yeah. get that if paid you subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that'll be a hundred fifty dollar pay per view. That's not free content. Listen, we're always looking to make money, all of us. So we're all out there. (laughs) You want it? We'll sell it to you. Um, All right, Colleen, you're up next. Uh, I would love for you to buy Summer Breakdown, my novel, wherever you buy your books. It's available everywhere. Um, I am hoping to put together some resources for self-publishing indie authors. Uh, I learned a lot along the way on the road to publishing Summer Breakdown and I invested $7,000 and I'm at a profit above profit, you know, now. And um, I really would love to share some of that knowledge with people. And I would love, <laughs> thank you. Look at that. Patrick's showing the it. book right I now. I love it. Yes, yeah, all my biggest supporters here. Um, yes, it might. we might be changing season, um, seasons, but it's always summer and seaside so please come visit (laughs) and colleen will be building a course so if you're thinking of um just learning how to write a book and then eventually potentially self-publishing that will be on the market soon well yeah i wanted to say just one thing about that too like and patrick was saying you don't have to you know find your passion and you can make a lot of money and that is so true and then you can also find ways to i i always thought i like to write it's a hobby it's art it's you can't make money but you can like I've yeah only the last like two years have I learned and taught myself the ways around that and um yeah so I really do hope to um help people learn more about that along the way especially moms who are at home like Colleen did it with the book but not only just writing for the book she's um freelanced and wrote for yeah yeah um so there are ways that there are a lot of people looking for content and right. we'll pay you and ways to figure it out. So yeah. don't give it away for free. Yes. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> All Lesson. right. And Kelly. Uh, my Venmo handle is. <laughs> you just send me. She will send you feet pictures. Feet pictures. <laughs> just send me your money. <laughs> uh, no, my, my salon is in salons by JC located in Bayshore. Um, but like I said, I would love to be shifting into more weddings and special events there. So that's really where I'm headed. Well, but I do really pets and colors too. She'll be building a course soon too. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> At Hair by Kelly Lloyd. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, we have Molly. What do you want to do next, Molly? You know, that is where will my <laughs> million dollar question. Molly has three children under three. Maybe survival for the next 18 months. Yeah, just get through. I'm just focusing on school starting this week (laughs) and getting a few hours to myself. (laughs) She's in it where we were six years ago-ish for me. It's still crazy. It's a different kind, though. Um, All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find everybody um, on Instagram. I will put their Instagram handles um in the show notes and if you have any questions that come up from this please let us know and we really appreciate you being here this is the longest podcast that i've created (laughs) and i'm very happy that it was with my siblings so have a great day and we will see you soon thank you before you go 
Do me a favor and leave a five-star rating and written review. The more we connect, the more the world is connected. As I love to say to all of my groups and my clients, rising tides lift all boats. See you next week.